Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are only a few games left, checking in on the NBA playoff race, Patino back at a big-time program, Fairly High Dickinson's success in the tourney leads to a new gig for their head coach. The Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 don't disappoint, recapping the madness. And then there were four, previewing the final four matchups. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a Thursday night, a beautiful day, a beautiful night in Delaware, Ohio, um, like Matt said. Going to get started with a little bit of NBA talk. We got we got a lot of basketball on the, on the slate here for tonight, but we're going to start in the professional ranks with the NBA. Um, like Matt mentioned, we only got a got about handful of games left here. Um, each team has about five, five, six games left before we, uh, you know, are into the playoffs. Hard to hard to believe that you know we're already to this point in the season. But uh, you know the show show must go on. So we'll uh, you know just kind of talk about you know each of the different sides, you know, different conferences, east west. Uh, just kind of run through the standings as it is now, uh, and just kind of. You know, see what we see how we think. You know, things are going to shake up here in the last kind of week, week and a half of the season, and see who's who's going to be dancing or who's going to the playoffs and who's going to be on the outside looking in. So, uh, Matt, we want to start over in the in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of run through the teams right now as it yeah, stands. I'll, I'll go ahead and run down the top twelve, but I mean, it's the top ten are what really kind of make the playoffs here with uh, number what seven through ten mm-hmm. playing those play-in games right. per se, but. Yeah. Uh, and it's looking like really the top 10's about set. I mean, it's going to take kind of a minor miracle for 11 and 12 to, to get in there. You're going to need some guys to lose, and they're going to have to win. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just running it down, we'll start number one, Milwaukee. They're coming at 55 and 21, probably one of the hottest teams in basketball right now. They've mm-hmm. just been playing absolute fireball lately. Right. And you got Boston, who's kind of fallen off a little bit. They're mm-hmm. the number two seed at 52 and 24. Philadelphia not far behind at 50 and 26. And the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers at 48 and 29. Another surprising team this year, the New York Knicks at mm. 44 and 33. They're in that five seed. Yep. And then to me, a surprise after, you know, really the whole team being traded away, mm. starting this thing anew. And you got the Brooklyn, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Nets, Nets there yeah. at uh, 41 and 35. Mm. And, you know, a team that's kind of a disappointment to me so far this year. And the Miami Heat at 40 and 37. Mm-hmm. You got the Atlanta Hawks at 38 and 38. Uh, the Toronto Raptors at 38 and 38 and you got the Chicago Bulls sitting there at the number 10 seat at 36 and 40 and the two teams fighting to, for their playoff lives here these last five games they're probably gonna have to win them all if they want any shot you got the Washington Wizards at 34 and 42 and the Indiana Pacers at 33 and 44 mm-hmm. now, like I said it's, it's looking like it's fairly well set here um, one through ten but you know it's the NBA just kind of like college basketball, anything can happen. Right. A, a couple of good shooting nights, team gets hot, mm-hmm. and the, you know the thing could turn on a dime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, there's a, there's another team, and I mean, it's probably very highly unlikely, but the Magic are statistically still alive mm-hmm. for a, for a playoff spot. Obviously, they're kind of the the 13th team in the in the East, so they would obviously have to win some games and have a lot of help. Um, you right. know, the only two teams as it stands today that are eliminated in the East are the Charlotte Hornets. And the Detroit Pistons, uh, both teams, well under 500 by 30 or 40 games. So you know, uh, yeah, no, no, no chance for them. You know, probably looking at maybe the number one pick for both of those. You know, number, you know, none of those teams. But you, yeah, you, you gotta really like what the NBA has done with this by mm-hmm. by expanding to those 10 teams. Mm-hmm. Everybody is fighting for a spot, right? You know, right. Really, the, the last week of the season. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, the the top four teams as they are now have actually clinched you know they've clinched a playoff spot so you know the bucks the celtics 76ers the Cavs, all clinch spots it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of seeding for you know for the various ones whether they're you know two three you know four or five you know whatever um you know obviously the knicks are right there on the Cavs. uh the Cavs are just kind of slightly behind the 76ers the 76ers kind of slightly behind the celtics and the celtics are only slightly behind the bucks so about a two-game difference yeah each of those little groups right right um so still a lot you know still a lot to play for even for some of these you know top top teams Mm -hmm. um you know and um so i kind of uh you know if it you know like if it were to start today you know we cut it off today this is kind of how the matchups would would look as they as they stand today the bucks 
still to be determined who they who they will play. Um, as people may or may not know, you know, this is kind of the third year that they've done this this play in tournament. So, what does that mean? Well, currently, you know, the seven seed and the eight seed would play would play each other, mm-hmm. and like Matt mentioned, that's currently the Heat and the and the Atlanta Hawks would match up one game series winner you know winner take all type deal um you know so if the heat were to win or the hawks whoever wins that game would be considered the seventh seed in the in the east Mm -hmm. the loser of that game then will play the winner of the nine versus ten seed which Mm -hmm. as it stands today is the raptors and the bulls whoever loses that game is out is eliminated you know no chance to make the make the playoffs but obviously the winner of that game plays the loser of the seven eight matchup and whoever wins that game then is considered the eight seed in the in the East is kind of how that works. Yeah. And again, it's been, yeah, kind of a new thing that they've done here the last couple of years. And I think it's really played out pretty well. And mm-hmm. it's been, you know, paid dividends for for the NBA by by doing that. Um so like I said, the Bucks to be determined who they would, you know, match up against. It all depends on how that how that play in tournament goes. Coming out, who do you like? Me personally, I, I I'd probably pick Toronto to be that that last team that gets in. I think Miami wins that first round game and they they clinch seven. Spot. Yeah, I'd have to look and uh, look and see. I mean, I got got it written down here. The Heat against the Hawks in the regular season, they were three and one mm-hmm. uh, against the Hawks. So I like the Heat to get it done. You know, they would obviously be the home team as well in that in that matchup. Um, and then the Raptors Bulls, the Raptors were slightly better in the regular season. They beat, beat the Raptor, beat the Bulls two to one in the regular season. Um, you know, the Hawks, I just, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one for me to determine between the Hawks and the Raptors, obviously both teams sitting at 500. Right. And and if, if I remember correctly, looking at a stat for the Hawks, they literally have been like 500 Mm -hmm. in like their past 20 some games. Like (laughs) if you look at their past 26 games, they've been 13 and 13. Yeah. 25 games they are you know 24 games they've been 12 and 12 right you look at their past 10 games they've been five and five so yeah they they have really not been a very and i think it's probably the definition of inconsistency if you you will uh because yeah they just can't get over the hump of winning you know multiple games in a in a row here um you know so i just yeah i I would have to say you know that that one really uh, to me is is kind of a kind of a toss-up um yeah the, the, the reason to me i like toronto is that they, they've got some championship pedigree still on that team there right. are some holdover mm-hmm. players from mm-hmm. a few years ago when, right. when they were there in the championship right. so right. you know I, I just think having that playoff experience mm-hmm. and and being being there before right. just gives them that slight edge in my mind yeah yeah absolutely um you know yeah i think that'll be an interesting one if that's how it plays out you know the raptors able to win their first game and then the hawks you know lose to the heat yeah, i think that one could be a real interesting yeah. eight nine matchup there to and obviously the luxury i don't even feel considered a luxury but you get to play the best team in the nba that's <laughs> right. that's your that's your reward for winning <laughs> um you get to play yeah the bucks but you know, you, you got to get in to have a shot, right? And and again, it's a seven game series. It's not you know you don't get in and have to play the Bucks one time and that's it. You gotta you know you get to battle them. Hopefully, you know try to draw it out as long as you can. But uh, yeah, that's your that's your reward for for winning. You're you know making it into the into the actual playoffs is you get to play the best team in in basketball right now. Man, Boston's got to hate to be seeing mm-hmm. Miami there, a team that kind of always gives bits you mm-hmm. know and they've had some playoff battles here in the in the recent history right right you know that, that's got to be a little scary proposition for mm-hmm. uh for boston there right number two season. yeah to start started off uh you know like i said number two as of now they don't know who they're gonna play you know more than likely you know based on what we think it'd be be the heat mm-hmm. uh but you know it, it who knows what what could happen when it comes playoff time um then uh, currently, you know, the Sixers are sitting at the three seed. They would match up against the number six seed in the Brooklyn Nets. Um, 76ers have swept the regular season series in that one. Um, then this four or five matchup is really, I think, where it gets kind of interesting, too. Obviously, the Cavs right now are the, are the four seed. The Knicks are the, are the five seed. And actually, in the regular season, the Knicks took it two games to one in the, in the regular season. Um, you know, this Cavs team... It's just gotten better every year. Um, you know, I think it was maybe three years ago or uh, two years ago, they were kind of a borderline play-in team. Last year, they made it into the play-on, play-in turn, had a disappointing outing. You know, we're hoping to really, you know, make it in and make some noise as kind of a, a dark horse in the East. But, you know, unfortunately, just weren't, weren't able to get it done. And yeah. now here they are. young bodies just wore down. They mm-hmm. weren't used to the grind of an NBA season. Right. Um, this year, a year removed from that. 
I right. They're more ready for it. Right. Add a, add a veteran in, in Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. to the, to the mix as well. Uh, he's been stellar for that, for that team. Um, and you know, yeah. So now you get, you know, if it were to play out the way it is, you get a home, you know, a first round, you know, series at home, you know, home court advantage to start it off. You know, that's, that's huge for a Cavs team. That's, you know, again, slowly and quietly been rebuilding since, you know, LeBron and Kyrie have left or, you know, whatnot. So it's uh yeah, we'll see what the, what the hometown Cavs can do against, you know, again, another team in the Knicks who, again, they're, they're, could get get a little dicey here. Their their big man and Julius Randle just went down with a rolled ankle, oh. uh, sprained his sprained his ankle, going to be out at least two weeks, um, and and expected to be reevaluated in in two weeks. So we'll see what that does. Obviously, the Knicks hopefully can you know keep it alive to stay out of that you know kind of play in tournament or whatever, mm-hmm. so that they don't have to match up you know a one game series. Hopefully they get, you know, get a seven game series so that, you know, at some point, hopefully Randall will be able to come back. They'll have their star big man so that, you know, they really, it gives them more of a fighting chance mm-hmm. to, to, to really make some noise in the East. Yeah, but, they probably got to win one of their last five just to stay out of that play in turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and like, like we mentioned, you know, the, the, the current kind of play in tournaments or, you know, tournament teams are, are somewhat set, but like Matt mentioned, there's, you know, a couple teams, the Wizards, the Pacers, and the Magic that are on the outside looking in. Um, I kind of looked at each of the team's schedules, uh, the last, you know, five, six games that they got on the slate. Um, for me, you know, the Raptors, yeah, they, they currently sit in there, but they got a tough, a tough slate ahead of them. They got to play the Celtics twice and the Bucks. And the 76ers in in their next could lose all those yeah they're 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 only two games that I see that you know possibly could be some winners they play the Hornets twice who you know have only won 26 games uh, but you know like I said in between there they got to play the Celtics the Bucks the Celtics actually twice the 76ers and the Bucks in in between there so you know if there's you know a team that could possibly slip out mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's the Raptors just looking at kind of their looking at their schedule um, you know who takes their place. I don't know. Looking at the, you know, the interesting thing to me is that a lot of these play-in tournament teams that are, you know, currently in the play-in tournament actually match up against the teams that are out of, of out of the play-in in their next five to six games. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of good basketball still left even in this last five, six games. Well, so what's good for Toronto though is they've got a four-game lead over the team that's in the 11th spot. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they win one game; they're not falling any further than that 10. Right. So right. Luckily for Toronto, they got it, a little bit of a, a buffer. tough slate. Right. They, right. Got, they got some room. Right. Um. You know, and so yeah, it's it's gonna be gonna be interesting. I think I think at, at most, I think probably the Wizards are probably the only team that really could make a push. Obviously, makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. They're obviously a couple games back of the Bulls right now. Um. So they need need a little bit of help, but you know they're they're schedule is a little bit favorable compared you know compared to the bulls uh it'll be be interesting to see how how it all plays out um but uh yeah the east still a lot still a lot up for you know up for grabs from from a seeding standpoint um but you know i think the west even uh, more yeah, even more everything of a, of a crap here. shoot um so yeah, over over in the West again, we'll run through you know the list of the seedings as they are today. Uh, kind of talk about the play-in teams, see what you know what happens here. Uh, so currently, best team in the West right now, the Denver Nuggets, sitting at fifty-one and twenty-four. They've clinched their division, which also means they've clinched a playoff spot. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies right behind them at forty-eight and twenty-eight. They've also clinched their division and you know a relative uh, playoff spot. They're about three and a half games behind behind the Nuggets right now. Uh, surprising team, I think probably out of the, all the NBA and that's yeah. the Sacramento Kings at, at 46 and 30, they've clinched a playoff spot first time in 16, 16 seasons, yeah. uh, that they've, they've clinched a spot. So, you know, hats, not only do they clinch a spot, but they're up towards the top in the West, mm-hmm. which, you know, a phenomenal turnaround for that franchise. That's been kind of in the dumps, you know, as of, you know, the last 16, almost two plus decades, um, I mean, making these LA teams that have thrown a lot of money at their, their teams, <laughs> right. Right. Not little, too excited to see Sacramento. Right, right. Um, then the fourth seed, the Phoenix suns, um, after making the big trade for Kevin Durant at the, at the deadline, uh, 41 and 35 Durant's done absolutely nothing for them at this point. Right. Right. Uh, the, the Clippers at number five, uh, at 41 and 36. So, you know, potential kind of flip-flop very, very close race between four and five. Um, and even a close race, you know, six through four at this mm-hmm. point, because Golden State's right behind them at 40 and 37. 
uh, kind of only a game and a half separates those, you know, four through six and even even seven. I mean, all the way to all the way to ten, you right. know, it, it separates by you know just a handful of games. So as it as it is now, the current play-in teams would be the number seven seed would be Minnesota um, at thirty-nine and thirty-eight, matching up against the Lakers at thirty-eight and thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, then the nine seed is the New Orleans Pelicans. Going up against the ten seed in in Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder at thirty eight and thirty nine. Um, Matt, what's you know any impressions from from those those seedings or anything you know anything that you think might change or you know whatever? Uh, what, what's your impressions of kind of the seeding here in the West? Yeah, you know, I mean that seven eight matchup. I, I gotta probably give it to the Lakers. You know, mm-hmm. you've got LeBron who he's been out for a while, so he's gonna have fresher legs for for, mm-hmm. for an older guy. So right. if you're seeing kind of vintage. LeBron, mm. I, I like her chances against Minnesota. Mm. Um, and that 9-10 matchup, uh, Pelicans I mean, bo- both Pelicans. these teams could really could go either way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the question is, is Dallas tanking at this point? Yeah. I, mean, I yeah. know uh, Luca's already talked about he's he's not having fun playing basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. He, he may want to be out of Dallas. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what's going on there. Right. But, you know, if, if Dallas is tanking, then – that, that makes things a lot easier for New Orleans and Oklahoma City to, to kind of hold on to those spots because mm-hmm. I think I think Dallas Dallas has the the players to be there right and, right I mean, Luca should be able to get them into the playoffs mm-hmm. almost by himself in my mind mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know it just it depends on what happens with Luca mm-hmm. if Dallas sneaks in I like them to 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 get out of that yeah that spot there right. and, and right. maybe even make some noise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. yeah yeah absolutely um and you know like matt mentioned yeah the mavericks currently sitting at the 11 seed they're a game back from from the thunder right now in the 10 spot um the jazz are still alive uh 36 and 40 they're in the 12th spot and the trailblazers which you know statistically are still alive although i don't see them making it out they just did shut down damian lillard for the season right. They do have a really tough schedule. The last kind of five or six games here, I don't, I don't see them. Even with Damian Lillard, I think it was going to be tough just mm-hmm. based on the schedule they have left. Uh, but I think it really, you know, kind of throw in the towel for them that they, right. you know, don't have their best player with them. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, same, same over in the West. The only two teams that have been statistically eliminated are the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. Um, but for me, you know, I think if the Mavericks are able to get their act together and, and figure it out here the last several games of the season, you talk about a team that's got a real tough slate, that's the Pelicans. Their last five games, they play they play every team they play has a winning record. Yeah. Uh, they play the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Knicks, and then the Timberwolves. <laughs> so, you know, looking at that, you know, just based on records, you'd only say maybe the Timberwolves game is really the only winnable right. game out of there. So, yeah. you know, one out of, yeah, one out of six or one out of five, um, you know, that doesn't really spell well uh, for, for a Mavericks team that that's kind of really their, their toughest game. They play the Kings at one point in their last, you know, five games, but, you know, maybe by that point, the Kings already, you know, somewhat resting their starter, right. you know, you don't know what's going to, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? So I, like I said, if, if the Mavericks can get it, get it figured out, I think they have a good chance of making, you know, a push here to 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 sneak into the sneak into the playoffs. Um, and if they do get hot, I mean, they can go from eleven clear up to seven. Right, I mean, that's right. how close this thing yeah, is. Yeah, they're they're only teams. two games. You know, they're one game back of the Thunder in that ten spot, and only two games back of the Timberwolves in the in the seven spot. So yeah, it's it's a real tight race over in the West. Um, you know, because even the non-play in tournament teams, you know, the the one through six as it is. I mean, yeah, you lose one game, you could be in the play yeah. tournament. I mean, we, we're talking the Suns, who, you know, obviously made that big trade for Durant. They're only, you know, a game or two ahead of, you know, the, the teams that are in the play-in tournament right now. So, you know, it could really, you know, things could really, really swing pretty drastically um, in in the West. Uh, but as, as you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, if the playoffs were to start today, obviously with the number one seed, the Nuggets, they they don't know who they play yet, um, but again, it's going to be the same format as as the East. And right now, you know, Timberwolves versus Lakers. You know, uh, Matt said he likes you know likes the Lakers in mm-hmm. that in that matchup. Um, interesting stat: the Timberwolves did take take the regular season two zero in the in the regular season. Uh, but this Lakers team, I think, is a little bit is different. They're playing right. better. Uh, I mean, they finally got 
everyone's somewhat healthy, right. you know, everybody's kind of filling their roles, understanding, you know, what they're doing, you know, everything like that. This team has, you know, the last, I, I wouldn't even say the last half, I'd say the last probably quarter of the season, they've started to right. figure things out. And maybe all it took was LeBron going out right. for them to figure out, you know, what, what to do or, you know, how to, how to play well when they don't have, you know, mm-hmm. LeBron on the floor. Um, so we'll see. Now, obviously, LeBron back. We'll see how that you know, how right. that plays out. Play well together. You know, if they're able to bring him back into that. But yeah, this Lakers team is playing. You know, playing better. I still do. You know, potentially like them to to beat the Timberwolves. But again, the Timberwolves and the Warriors are just only a, you know a couple of games back. You know, it. it, it who knows right. what the matchups could be? It, it could change by tonight. You know, we could have totally different teams in the in the West. Um, and then the Grizzlies again still don't know who they're going to play. They they'd get the seven, you know, the seventh seed, um, which you know obviously going to be winners of whoever the playing, you know, playing tournament that first game. Uh, more than likely the Lakers, but you know we'll see. Um, Pelicans, Oklahoma City again. If it truly is these two teams that match up, I I, I think you know I just I don't know what Pelicans team is going to going to show up here. Um, you know I think it also. Zion is somewhat slated to come back at, at some point here in the next week or so. Right. What's he going to be? You know, is he going to be 100%? What's he able to do do for you? Obviously, before he went down, again, having one of his best, you know, best seasons, great season for him. What's he going to look like if he is able to come back? Can he fit in? Can he, you know, give him instant production? Uh, I think that would separate them from the Thunder if he is able to come back and, right. and come back in a, in a, in a good way. Um but you know, again, we 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 don't know. Um, I, I like the Thunder's possible chances if that if that doesn't happen. The, the Pelicans, the second half of this season, have not played played very well. I mean, right. they the first half of the season they were they were up there in the towards the top, and they were like the two or three seed in the West. And this last half of the season, they've only won like I don't know, probably maybe ten games, maybe. Right. I mean, it, it's been a been a tough stretch for them the second half. So I, I like the Thunder to possibly pull off the upset there. But I think ultimately, I think they like the Timberwolves to to beat the Thunder um, and and take up that last that last spot in the in the West. Um, you know, and what do you got to think about Sacramento having their best season in God knows how long? Mm-hmm. There, their reward for that though is they may get stuck with the Golden State Warriors in the first round. All that championship pedigree right. there, a team that also healthy, is playing better that playing everybody's better. healthy yeah. now, you know, and and getting to play together and that chemistry that they've had for so long yeah. is starting to get you know get where they need to be when it comes playoff time mm-hmm. and actually the warriors took the regular season series two to one yeah. against the you know against the kings um you know so yeah definitely that thought in the back of your mind is you know the kings are hoping that you know maybe they slip you know or right. they move up or you know whatever so they don't have to see the warriors yeah. in, in the first round so i'm not i'm not sure that any team really wants to see them mm-hmm. in the first round because of you know the way that they have improved and, and are playing better. If you get here. Steph and Clay both shooting shooting lights out in trouble. Yeah, it, it's it's tough slate there. Um then the four four or five seed matchup, uh the Phoenix Suns uh going against the, the Clippers. The Suns took the regular season series two to one in in that in that series. Uh, but again, only a game a half a game separates those two. So right. we could be seeing you know the Clippers get to host a, a first round series instead of the Suns. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, you know, how it, how it all plays out. But, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, the Suns, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Durant came back first time, you know, since he went down for, from an injury was a little played, bit rusty. Okay. Yeah. It was rusty in that, in that first game back, but you know, it's good to get him back. I think a couple of games before right. the playoffs I and mean, that's a little chemistry that, and... that that's when you need him. That's yeah. when you really need him. Um, is, is, you know, in that, in the playoffs when it, when it matters most, uh, when, when it's, a different level of, of playoff mm-hmm. basketball, you know, a different level of just, you know, basketball in general is when the, when the playoffs start. So yeah, like I said, about five, six games left on the slate for each team, still a lot up for grabs, uh, especially in that Western conference. But even in the East, there's, there's still a lot to, to play for. It's going to be interesting to see how, how it all plays out, which teams are in, which teams are on the outside looking in. Um, it's going to be an exciting last week here in the right, NBA. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we'll be, we'll be covering, you know, the playoffs, you know, for the next couple of weeks on the, on the show. So we'll be, we'll be revisiting this topic, you know, often here. So, all right, well, we're going to switch it up then to the college ranks for, for basketball. 
couple of additional coaching hires and switches in in the current in the current college ranks. First one we'll start with, you know, an icon in the in the coaching world, Rick Pitino, uh, making the jump from from Iona to uh, St. John's. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you think about this this move? Good good for both, or you know what 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 do you think? Uh, no brainer for St. John's. I, I think Patino would probably even like something a little bigger than mm-hmm. St. John's. I, I know they're they're considered one of the Power Five schools, right. but still kind of on the smaller side of things when 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 you're talking about some of the big programs Patino's been at in the past. Mm-hmm. But, Man, for a 35-year career, he's got a record of 711, 290. Mm. That that's an amazing job as a head coach. Mm. He wins everywhere he goes. Yep. I, I think he probably could have found a better job mm-hmm. if his previous stop there in Louisville wasn't mired by some right off some court. court stuff. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it was never really proven that he did anything. Right. Uh, but just just a question mark there. I think mm-hmm. it made it hard for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, no-brainer for St. John's to get a guy like Patino and his pedigree to, yeah. to come in there and try to turn things around for mm-hmm. them and put them back and toward the top where, where they used to be. I right, mean, right. They, they are they are kind of a blue blood right. of Historic the past. Team. It's, yeah. just, it's yeah. been a while since right. they've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, the Patino last year at Iona went 27-8. and eight. Um, so he, he gets a six-year, $20 million deal out of, out of the out of the mix here. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think it's it's a good move for St. John. I, I think they're going to be heading toward the top of their division. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, like you said, the the uh, you know this guy has won pretty much everywhere he's been. Uh, outside of he did have a couple of years or a stint in the NBA where he was with the Celtics. Didn't really you know kind of had a mixed results or kind of a mixed bag of results uh, for for him the NBA. Yeah, just again, it's kind of a kind of a tough thing to make the jump, you know, from, you know, just with college football to the NFL, mm-hmm. it's just as difficult sometimes to make that jump from, you know, college basketball to, to the professional NBA ranks. Um, but outside of that, in the college, you know, college world, he's been successful pretty much everywhere he's he's been. Right. Um, this guy, you know, coached Kentucky for, for you know, almost uh, 10, 10 seasons. Uh, they went to three Final Fours. He won a national championship. Um, obviously most people or, you know, most people from, from this time know him as, as the Louisville coach, he spent 16 seasons there. Uh, they made it to 13 NCAA tournaments, but three, again, three final fours and won an, an additional national championship while he was there at, at Louisville. Um, and then, you know, went, had, you know, some off the court issues, you know, kind of took a, took a step away from basketball a little bit and then, you know, land a job at Iona, been coaching there for the past three years. Um, that the, the Gales, you know, Iona, uh, they won their conference tournament, uh, twice and, you know, of course made the NCAA tournament twice. Um, you know, unfortunately we're never able to get, get an NCAA win, but, um, you know, still, still we're in the tournament at least. And that's, you know, kind of those, some of those smaller schools or, you know, some of those mid majors, that's, you know, kind of what they're, what they're hoping to do a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's just get to the tournament and see, you know, see what happens. Um, but you know he leaves Iona, like I said, after three years with an overall record of sixty-four and twenty-two. So even at a at a small-time program, he was able to you know get it get it done. Um, you know, obviously Patino going to be replacing uh, Mike Anderson, who was with the team for about four seasons. Uh, they went eighteen and fifteen last year, but I think the blemish really the kind of the the final straw. St. John's has never, never made the, the NCAA tournament yeah, in those four right. seasons. Um, you know, and so I think for, yeah, a team that has had some history of being competitive of not only making the tournament, but making some noise in the tournament to not make it at all and give yourself a chance, you know, for, for a program that, that has had some history there, it's, it's tough to, tough to swallow. Obviously they bring in Patino who's, you know, countless times made it to the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament, um, has led his team to, you know, a lot of success. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it was kind of a, a no brainer at this yeah. point. I mean, his name had been somewhat thrown around, you know, for some of these bigger schools, uh, that had, you know, vacancies at the head coaching position, you know, obviously nobody saw him staying at Iona for forever. Right. Um, you know, it, it, he always, you know, in the back of his mind was trying to get back to that, you know, that top level or top tier, you know, college basketball, you know, coaching job. Um, kind of wanted to rebuild his image so he can do it right, the right way. Right, right. Um, and so we'll, you know, we'll see what he can do. Obviously, you know, St. John's, you know, uh, competing over in the in the Big East. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be yeah, interesting to see Patino on the on the sidelines coaching at you know a, a bigger time program like this. 
in a in a conference that you know was this past year was competitive had you know quite a few teams get in the NCAA tournament and obviously UConn still still alive to bring right. home a national championship so yeah it's it's good you know good for the not only good for St. John's but probably good for the for the conference as well. well to I'll ask you did you see uh, Patino's opening presser? I did see a little yeah. bit of it you know it, so it kind of reminded you of a uh, prime time there in Colorado. What what did you think kind of uh, of his statement to the to the guys that are currently there? Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I mean, it's always interesting. Obviously, you want to make I don't know, but you make friends, you make enemies. I guess right. at this point, you want to make sure that the guys that you do have on the team are all in. are the ones that are going to be committed. You know, yeah. that that's you know step one. If you're not if you're not committed to this regime, what I guess what good are you to right. me? You know, in that sense. So I guess yeah, I can see it. I can see it both ways. You know, it, it can rub people the wrong way, mm-hmm. like saying basically that nobody's talented on this, you know, talented enough in his eyes to be on this team. team. But at the same time, he wants the guys, you know, it it may have come out wrong. And I don't, I don't know that he necessarily meant that. Yeah. There's not any talent on this team. I think he's probably more along the lines of the guys that I want my team. I want them committed to my team. I don't want the guys that are sitting on the fence or wishy-washy, like you're either in or you're out kind of thing. um, Because, He's got to start building his team because it's it you know it's already late into the season. Recruiting cycle has somewhat already gone by, so it's going to be That's trying to pick up the pieces. You know, yeah, picking up the pieces. So he wants to know early, right away, what he's going to have, what he's not, and he wants to have the guys that you know truly are committed to say that they're committed and they want to be on this team. But yeah, I could you could view it in in a negative light as well and see right. from the other side, man, this guy, you know. Wow, what a, what a bold statement yeah. right off the jump! Definitely what, a little different than the college football game, though, mm-hmm. where a lot of these guys follow their coaches. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see anybody from Iona right. following to St. John. Yeah, um, we we will see. Um, like I said, you know, Patino's had had a lot of success. We'll see if he can, you know, turn that St. John's program, get back them, you know, get them back to being a, a contender um, in the in the Big East. Um, but yeah, you know, time time will tell. Obviously, got to six-year deal there to, to try to help, you know, turn it around. Um, so we'll kind see. Kind of a small deal for a guy like Patino, though. Six-year, right. $20 million? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously, yeah, money-wise, you know, yeah, kind of kind of a smaller deal probably than what, what he's used to. But, you know, I'm sure, depending on the success in the first couple of years, they may look to, you know, rework that or restructure right. that if, if at all possible. So, all right. Well, one more uh, coaching move. Uh, and actually, the guy that's going to be replacing Patino at, mm-hmm. at Iona, um, a guy that you you probably didn't hear about or had never heard about until this NCAA yeah, tournament. Right. And that's that's Tobin Anderson, the former Fairly High Dickinson head coach. Um, like we said, making the switch from Fairly High Dickinson to to Iona um, gets a five year five year deal to be the next head coach and replace replace Patino there um, at that at that program. Matt, what do you, what are your thoughts on on this move? I don't know. This one's kind of interesting to me. From what I could find, this was really his first year as a head coach at the D1 level. Yep, he has been a head coach at some smaller D3, uh, D3 and D2 yeah, yeah. colleges. But first year with any success in, as coach in the D1. Mm-hmm. And his team only had a 21-16 record. In fact, they weren't even supposed to be in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yes, once he got there, he made the most of it and right. had the shocking win. And, right. And even in the second round, took them took them to the had wire. A, yeah, had a battle there. But, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess a team like Iona, they can they can take a shot like this. They can mm-hmm. take a flyer. Right. But they also gave him a five year deal, mm-hmm. which you know, for for a guy that hasn't had much proven success, mm-hmm. that, that's a long term deal there. Yeah. So you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I get it for Iona. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're not getting a huge name to come in, so. Right find that younger hot guy right, who right. May, may be the potential future there, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's kind of a coin flip here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, you could definitely look at it and say, is the guy moving up too quick? Is this right. something, you know, yeah, he had some, you know, in one season had great success at fairly high Dickinson, but is he making the jump, you know, too quickly or, you know, whatever, um, you know, and, and it's actually interesting because when the job was available at Iona back in 2020, before they hired Patino, Anderson was actually one of three finalists oh. that they had, you know, on their list um, to, you know, take the job back then. Mm-hmm. And he had no prior Division One, you know, head coaching experience at that point. Obviously, you know, I, you know, it, it played out. You know, Patino took the job. You know, had some success at, at Iona. 
you know, Anderson spent a couple more seasons in Division Two and then moved, you know, to Fairly High Dickinson in Division One this past season. Um, I will say, you know, it is he did have some success, quick success. I mean, the year previous to him taking over, this somewhat same Fairly High Dickinson team only won four games. Yeah, and so to go from four wins to 21 wins, knocking off Purdue in the inside. I mean, that is a big turnaround. But again, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant. Is he making the jump mm-hmm. a little bit too quick? Right. Uh, you know, but and, and he's got his hands full. Uh, you know, you know, you mentioned it in, you know, the when, you know, Patino getting hired at St. John's. It, it, he's got his work cut out for him because actually the two best players on Iona's team are in the transfer por- transfer mm-hmm. portal as it is now. Whether they make the jump and go to St. John's with Patino, that's still obviously to be determined. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these guys aren't just, you know, your average run-of-the-mill guys. The two best team, you know, two best guys that are leaving, Walter Clayton Jr., who was the conference player of the year last year, averaged about 17 points a game, and then a two-time all-conference, uh, first-team uh, all-conference guy in Nelly Jr. Joseph, a, a six-foot-nine forward, you know, kind of a bigger guy. Right. Where on some of these smaller schools, you don't have a lot of height. You don't have those big guys. So every time you lose somebody that, that does have some height, it really it really hurts you. Um, you know, like I said, both of them have put their put their names in the transfer portal. We'll see what they do. You know, right. it doesn't mean doesn't just because you put your name out there doesn't mean that you have to leave, that right. you are leaving, anything like that. It's more or less, you know, just testing the waters yeah. and seeing what, you know, just be just like the coaches they have these success at these small schools or whatever, you know, they test the waters. They see, mm-hmm. you know, put some feelers out there to see what they can do to get to some of these bigger time programs. Um, players, you know, now have the availability or, you know, have the capability to, to do that as well. Some of these, you know, players that play really wealthy, small schools, then put their names out there and see right. what big time programs they yep. can make their way to and get more exposure and, you know, have that dream of making it to the NBA or, right. you know, playing in the NBA um, so yeah, Tobin, you know, with, with, uh, Iona, like I said, it's got his work cut out for him. Obviously his two best players entering the transfer portal. Hopefully they come back, you know, so he has at least some solid ground to stand on. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting how to see how he handles, you know, moving up a little bit more, um, because this Iona team has had some success the last, you know, several, several years, not only in their, in their conference, uh, but be making it to the NCAA tournament in, in the past 11, <laughs> past 11 years, they've made it to eight NCAA, you know, they made eight, 11, you know, made eight out of the 11 NCAA appearances. Um, so they've, they've made it obviously, like I said, they haven't had a ton of success right. winning there, but this guy, nobody had any idea fairly high Dickinson <laughs> was going to win anything. I mean, they were a play in team yeah. that wasn't even guaranteed. They were even going to make it into the, 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 you know, the group of 64, they win their first game and then, yeah, pull off arguably maybe one of the biggest upsets of all time. Um, so, again, you know, a little bit of magic. Obviously, the guy knows what it takes yeah. to be at a smaller school and get a win against, you know, some of those big teams in the NCAA tournament. I think that's probably what they're what they're hoping for. Get to the tournament, maybe pull off one or maybe two upsets to, to you know, show what you can do. And, you know, we'll see if. You know, we're talking about Tobin Anderson moving again to another, you know, big time, you know, an even bigger school in the next couple of seasons. It'd be interesting, though, to see a guy like Patino stay with a school like Iona because, you know, you look at Gonzaga, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 10 short years ago. Right. They were this small school that mm-hmm. has now turned themselves into a national a big power. Yeah. So, you know, it, it can be done. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I just think it takes some consistency in the coaching ranks and recruiting. Definitely the and commitment. All that you know, they, yeah. It starts with coach. You know, they have to be obviously happy and committed to that school. Um, you know, like you said, Mark Few there for, for Gonzaga. Been there for a handful of seasons mm-hmm. now. Um and could have probably left at any time to yeah. go to bigger programs, yeah. but decided to, you know, stay. And, and, you know, it, it's probably paid dividends obviously for both, you know, few has obviously worked his way up, you know, contract wise, money wise. Um, and Gonzaga has got themselves a heck of a coach and a heck of a program yeah. there. So um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, what happens with these two, you know, changes and uh, see how, how it plays out for the two schools, um, you know, for the next couple, couple seasons. So, All right, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, Stick with us. We're going to preview, recap, you know, the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and then uh, talk a little about the Final Four and National Championships. So stick with us. We'll be right back. 
This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right. Thanks for sticking with us. Like I mentioned, we're going to talk a little recap of Sweet 16 and uh, Elite 8 matchups or, you know, games that took place a weekend ago. Um, You know, kind of similar to how we did uh, the last show, just kind of talking about you know, some of our winners, losers, you know, from, from those games, you know, kind of our most surprising team, you know, most disappointing team from, from those, you know, kind of matchups in the sweet 16 and elite eight. Um, you know, for me, you know, I, I mentioned this on the show last week, you know, for, for fans of teams that are looking, you know, to get their first NCAA title, they're real excited right now. Three of the four teams still left in it have never won an NCAA title. UConn being the lone, you know, the lone wolf in that, in that sense, uh, so that leaves Florida Atlantic, Miami, and San Diego State, who have never won an NCAA title, still in it. Um, you know, and that means, you know, on, on the Florida Atlantic, San Diego State side, one of those two teams is getting the chance to play for a national championship. Um, yeah, it, it kind of stinks. It came down like this because I, I, th- I think the two best teams are playing against each other there. Right, in, right. In the Midwest-West matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's the first time since 1970 – that the final four has featured three first time, you know, members, you know, making it to their first final four. Um, and I think another thing that really just pops out to me on this, you compare this to last year's final four, where you had North Carolina who had made it to the final four 20 times <laughs> Duke who'd made it to 16 final fours, Kansas made it to 15 final fours and even Villanova who had made it to six final fours it's just crazy how much, you know, in one season we've had so much, you know, so much change in just right. one year yeah. that last year we had the traditional blue, blue bloods make it to the final four this year. We got, you know, a crapshoot of, of teams <laughs> that I, I, it truly has been March madness. Uh, I, mean, I believe this is the first time that no number one seed you are correct. made it past the sweet 16. Yep. Yep. You are correct yeah. in that one. Um, you know, so, yeah, it, that one for me jumps out as kind of a, you know, a great thing, I think, for, you know, college basketball fans in that sense that, you know, it's somewhat, I wouldn't say it's a changing of the guard, but just good to see something new, some some true madness. It's nice to see some real parody, too, right, though. Right, I mean, yeah. this has been anybody's tournament. Yeah. I mean, you got the shocking 16 over the one. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got 14s beating the higher seeds there. You've got right. 15s. I mean, everybody just. Right. It doesn't matter what seed you get. You get in, you got a shot at this thing, it seems like, this year. And I think it probably – it shouldn't have really come at at no surprise. I mean, in our different segments of previewing games and whatever in college basketball – It's been up and down all year This season has been up and down. So, I guess, yeah, it probably shouldn't have shocked us that this is the way it's it's come out. But it always seems that even sometimes when some form of madness happens in the regular season – it all, you know, the basketball gods align and somehow in the NCAA tournament, it all works itself right. out. But yeah. this one, again, has truly been a chaotic season from start to start to finish. And, you know, we'll see what, what the final four brings us. I think I heard the other day listening to a sports program of all the brackets in the world. I think they said there are 36 people that predicted this final four. Right, right. Which, you know, that's amazing wow. in itself yeah. because Hats you know, off I don't think anybody saw most of these teams getting there. But, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, crazy. It, it's crazy. Um, you know, what what yeah, what what has transpired in, in March here. Um, you know, for me, I guess, yeah, with, with every winner, with every great team, you gotta have just as many bad or you know, losing loser teams that unfortunately, you know, fell short of the of the mark. For me, my biggest loser, it's it's gotta be Texas's not just their game in the Elite Eight, but just their second half performance in that Elite Eight game against Miami. In in the final 11, and, it, and it's not even the second half, it's kind of the, the second half of the second half. They got four stops on defense in the final 11 minutes. Three offensive rebounds, and they forced one turnover. 
four stops in the final 11 minutes. That means Miami scored on almost every trip that they had down the court. Um, Miami finished the game on a 35 to 16 run. And the even probably even more heartbreaking thing is that Miami scored almost half of their second half points at the free throw line. So, you know, it, just sloppy basketball. Yeah, it's very, very sloppy team. from from a Texas team that came out in that first half and kind of the first thirty minutes of that game and looked really dominant. Mm-hmm. I mean, this looked like a team that we would be talking about as as you know the one that was probably going to be the one to move on to 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 win a win a national championship and get themselves you know a, a, a championship. But you know, again, in a in a strange season, in a weird season that we've had in college basketball, this Miami team you cannot sleep on them. You, you they shoot the basketball too well for you to just you know right. rest on your laurels and not continue to play defense. Um, so for me, that's that's kind of my you know big big loser from from kind of the Sweet Sixteen and, and um, you know Elite Eight. Matt, what, any thoughts on on you know? disappointing team or you know player or anything like that well i've got two so it's kind of one and one mm-hmm. one b here and, yeah you know the first one's got to be alabama i yeah. mean you look at our bracket poll and how many people picked them to be the national mm-hmm. champion yeah and they just really just didn't show up in this game it's not san diego state didn't do anything phenomenal to stop mm-hmm. them they just their shooting was awful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they couldn't make open looks right. and they weren't knocking down threes and right. it, it bit them in the butt and they they Say bye bye to that number five seed in San Diego State University. Yeah, but then to me the the one B biggest disappointment was the team I talked about that just built themselves into a power recently in mm-hmm. Gonzaga, yep. one of the highest scoring teams in the NCAA this year. Mm-hmm. They come up against that Yukon uh, team and they get blown out by nearly thirty points. Right, I mean, right. and yeah. they they were never well actually in the game and about halftime they they were still they in. Were in the game right. and then just that second half it's like they didn't even come out of the locker room right yeah so it, it got away from don't know what quick. happened to yeah. them yeah uh and i actually had you know kind of gonzaga written down as my most disappointing you know one of my disappointing teams as well because i thought you know as as much as you know much madness as we've had i was like man the way this is playing out like this is you know gonzaga has been oh so close you know they've right. had so many good teams the last several you know seasons and they've fallen short, you know, much like kind of like Purdue. They've mm-hmm. had such great seasons, you know, teams, one seats, two seats, whatever. Like, this is it. This is finally Gonzaga's right. year. And I thought even with them being seated three because of how everything else had played out, I was like, now this is it. You Real know, they, shot, they yeah. you know, all the one seeds have gotten knocked out. All the two seeds, you know, have gotten knocked. This, this is this is Gonzaga's time. Right. And then they go out and, yeah, and lay an egg against you, you know, and hats off to UConn. This is a great team, and we'll talk about them here in a little bit. But, you know, I, I just thought, yeah, Gonzaga would be a little bit more competitive against yeah. that UConn team. They they just, yeah, fell short by, you know, up a, a big margin. Um, and, I, yeah, just disappointed that, yeah, they weren't able to, to make a little bit further run um, than, than what they did. So yeah. uh, any more thoughts from Sweet 16 or Elite 8 before we get into the, the two big games this weekend? Well, I mean, you talk about the surprising team, and it's got to be that UConn team you mm-hmm. just talked about. Right. I mean, they've just been on fire all tournament long. Mm-hmm. You know, the first few games, they were putting together great second halves, not so great first halves. Right. These last two games, though, they've put together entire games. Mm-hmm. They're looking – borderline unstoppable right right it's going to be impressive to see what they can do the rest of the way yeah absolutely um well like i said moving over to the final four like i said down to final you know the final four teams somebody's going to be hoisting a trophy on monday on monday night um and uh, at this point the way it's gone it's it's anybody's game Mm -hmm. at this point uh but the first game you know in the final four uh, another you know big big surprise and that's the number nine seed florida atlantic Coming in at thirty-five and three against the five-seed San Diego State at thirty-one and six. Uh, the the game starts, you know, it's on Saturday, six oh nine p.m. Eastern time over on CBS. Final four in Houston um, at NRG Stadium. Uh, big big crowd there. I think I think capacity. I think they hold around seventy thousand uh, in that in that stadium. So it's gonna be gonna be loud. Um, currently, Vegas has San Diego State favored by three three points in this one. 
Uh, Matt, what, what's your thoughts? Who, you know, who do you like in this one? What's some keys maybe you like mm-hmm. in this matchup or, you know, who, who do you think, you know, wins this game, moves on to the national championship? You know, I guess just to kind of a little bit leading up here, San Diego state for, for the tournament, they're averaging about 65 points per game where you got FAU, they're averaging almost 72 a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, FAU's path to get here, they've beaten eight seed, a 16 seed, and then it got real tough from there. Mm-hmm. They've had to beat a four and a three mm-hmm. San Diego state's path. Started a little more difficult, and they got mm-hmm. got a little. You know, they beat a six seed, they beat a one seed, they beat a thirteen and a twelve. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think F, FAU has has played a, a slightly tougher slate. tougher overall yeah. slate mm-hmm. and is a little more battle tested. But right. I, just, I don't know what to make of them because those first two games that they played, they were close mm-hmm. and. and they could have gone either way. You weren't right. really sure, but then they've kind of really started pouring it on Solidified here. These next themselves. couple games. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, I, I think this thing can be anybody's game. I, I guess I'm pulling for the nine seed just for, for absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, let's mm-hmm. get a number nine to the national championship. Yep. That'd be yep. pretty cool to right. see. Right. Right. Um, I think, yeah, for me and the, the key in this game is, uh, you know, FAU's three point shooting versus San Diego state's perimeter defense. Um, FAU comes into this contest shooting almost 37% from the three-point line. Uh, throughout this tournament, that's been, you know, kind of a lot of their keys to success. They've hit a lot of big-time outside shots from the three-point line, um, you know, and it's just – it's crazy to me because, you know, we – I watched this team, you know, play in their very first game against Memphis. I mean, they were a two seconds away from being out of this thing, and we're mm-hmm. not even talking about them. Um, it, it's just, yeah, crazy to see – they took that first round, you know, matchup and, you know, the buzzer beater that they, they somewhat had and have, have just run, you know, hit the ground running from there, um, you know, and have not looked back, you know, slaying Giants after, you know, game after game. Um, but like I said, as well as FAU has been shooting it from the three, San Diego State has been doing just as well at, at limiting those opportunities for, for the teams. Uh, they only allow teams, they shoot, they allow teams less than 30% from the three-point line. And actually, specifically, 27.8% from three-point line, uh, which is second best, not only in their conference, second best in the whole NCAA. Yeah. Uh, and you look at the last two games against teams that were pretty hot three-point shooting teams in Alabama, they held them to three to tw- three of 27. Against Creighton, held them to two of 17. Mm-hmm. I like San Diego State in this one. I think it's going to be close because San Diego State does not – they don't score the ball. They don't – you know, just as great as they play on defense, they are just as poor on the offensive end. Right. I could see this game being a very close, you know, 50-50 matchup, 50-60 matchup. Um, but I like the Aztecs to get it done, get enough stops down the stretch, limit those big, you know, big-time threes from Florida Atlantic, get a win and move on to the to the national championship. But again – just because of the nature of the way that San Diego State plays, I think that three-point spread is about about where it, mm-hmm. it should be. Um, but again, don't count these owls. Yeah, don't right. count the owls out from Florida Absolutely. Atlantic. They they have proven time and time again that they deserve deserve to be here. Um, I think they do have kind of the size matchup, so that will be something to look at um, from from a Florida Atlantic standpoint if they can exploit that. But I like the Aztecs from San Diego State to to get it done, but in a tight, tight battle. All right, well, last matchup then for the Final Four. Um, like I said, probably the better of the two the two Final mm-hmm. Four matchups, and that's number five seed Miami coming in at twenty nine and seven uh, versus number four Connecticut at twenty nine and eight. Again, Saturday Saturday evening, eight forty nine p.m. Eastern time over on CBS. Same stadium, same place. Um, Vegas has Connecticut currently favored by five and a half points. You know, I, I thought it's it'd be a little bit, a little bit closer yeah. than that, but, um, Vegas, yeah, Vegas likes the, the Huskies just because, I mean, this team has been, they haven't had a, a true test this whole, this whole time. I and mean, they have dominated every opponent they've played by almost nearly 20 points in every game. Um, so, you know, that probably has a lot to do with it. You know, Miami has had a little bit more. Know, a little bit more adversity or, you know, a little bit uh, face some some adversity along the way. But oh, a to... much tougher road. Too, right, though. right. I mean, they yeah. beat a 12, a 4, a 1, and a mm-hmm. 2. I yeah, mean, that... yeah. They, they've been – if you could say, yeah, they've been more battle-tested, obviously, I think, um, you know, and, and and have had some adversity in the sense that they've been down in, in quite a few of right. their games and have, have clawed their way back and made their way back and, uh, you know, went to, to go on to win these, win these games. Um, you know, for me – 
The key in this one is Miami's interior defense against UConn's interior offense. Um, Connecticut scores. They, they convert on about 54% of their two point, you know, inside kind of inside the paint uh, shots. Uh, Miami's defense allows almost 52% from inside the two point, you know, the two point range, which is almost dead last in the NCAA. Um, so I, I just think the Huskies height, their, their size, I think it's going to finally catch up to Miami. I, I think the Huskies get it done again, another probably close, close battle is this Miami team. They shoot the ball very well, no matter where they're at on the floor. Uh, and I think they just got too many senior level guys or, you know, higher, you know, higher classmen, upperclassmen on that team uh, for this team to really get blown out. Uh, but I think the Huskies have just enough there, you know, on the interior, um, you know, Miami, unfortunately they have kind of one big man, if he were to get in foul trouble, you know, have some kind of issue there. I just sure. don't know how, how, you know, Miami's going to be able to handle that or, you know, match up with that uh, with UConn having, you know, a significant size advantage, I would say in, in this matchup, I like the Huskies to get it, to get it done. Um, but keep it, keep it somewhat close, uh, you know, till the final, you know, probably maybe eight to five minutes left in right. the game. Well, you know, I, I think this game is going to come down to the first 10 minutes of the mm, game, really, because mm, mm. both of these teams have been pretty hot in the second half right, of the game. Right, so, right. you know, I I don't look for either team to kind of turn, turn back and separate yeah. in the second half. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be that first 10 minutes of the game that's really mm. going to set the tone. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you may know who's going to win this thing early, really. Right, right, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, what, you know, if if it were to play out, you know, whoever, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, you know, meet Connecticut, which of those teams, you know, depending on who they match up against, who, who do you think takes home the national championship? I, I think the two hottest teams in basketball right mm -hmm. now are Miami and Connecticut. Yeah. It stinks that they have to face up in the final four and mm -hmm. not for the championship. But yeah. I, I think whoever wins that game mm -hmm. ha has the has the, the path, the easiest way to get to the championship. Yep, I got to agree. I, I told somebody at work earlier in the week I, they were like yeah who do you who do you like in these you know these last four teams and I was like honestly yeah I haven't really dug into the numbers or looked at it too much but you know it would it would say you know based on how they've gotten here the path that they you know used to get here I like yeah either one of the two teams that wins against that Miami you know UConn game to 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 win uh you know win the national championship obviously I picked San Diego State on the other side you know, UConn in the Miami matchup. I, I think, you know, you again, just too much, too much offense, not enough offense from that San Diego. I think San Diego State will continue to get, you know, get some stops um, and, and play some stellar defense. But again, just not enough offense, mm -hmm. too much size again against a San Diego State team that doesn't have a lot of size either. Too much size for that UConn team. I like UConn to, you know, it all plays out because UConn the is one of those blood, traditional blue voice, bloods, yeah. you know haven't had a lot of success here recently or, you know, probably the last, you know, decade or so. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I guess, at the end of the day, the stars align. We have, right. you know, somewhat of a blue blood hosting, you know, hoisting the trophy at the at the end of the day. But you know, so far we, we have not had that. So, again, who knows what could happen. Yep. But I like UConn's chances no matter who they match up against, whether it's San Diego State or Florida Atlantic. I think this UConn team is, again, playing hot at the right time. Yep. They got, you know, enough guys, defense and offense to, to get it done. They, they've blown out teams from start to finish. I just think I like these Huskies to, to get it done. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that's the end of our show. Um, we will, yeah, be recapping kind of that national championship, uh, you know, on our on our next show. So we'll, we'll see. We'll be wrapping up, obviously, college basketball after that, you know, baseball kicking off for the first time today, you know, opening day for a lot of teams today. Uh, so that's, you know, coming around here, we got golf on the slate, you know, the masters just around the corner, um, you know, and obviously NBA, hockey, yeah, playoffs NBA well. playoffs, hockey playoffs. So still a lot of, a lot of sports stuff, even with college basketball wrapping up. So um, thanks for listening to fire it up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We have an Instagram where you can find us at fired up underscore podcast 
Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up Comma Sports Podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about the show. Um, you can also find this episode and all of our past episodes on any podcast platform that you can think of. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can listen to a podcast, you can you can find our show. So appreciate you all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.